Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, I'd give a rat's ass about Twitter. <laughs> What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Thursday edition of the show. We're going to work through our mock draft that we started on Wednesday. We did picks 1 through 10 on Wednesday, and today we're going to get through picks 11 through 21. So more teams to get into, more players to come off the board. And Kyle, I'm excited to rotate these with you. Welcome to the show. Giggity, 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 giggity. I love mock drafts, dude. This is Fun, a great man. this great practice for me. I have a mock draft due for the Draft Network next Monday. Now, don't take these picks as my selections because I get to pick all the picks when I do my own mock draft. So Joe's throwing a wrench in my plan here. How awesome would it be if we did a mock draft on the show and then I just copied all the picks? Oh, that, that would be so awesome. That would be so awesome, Kyle. Yeah, no, you're not going to do that. No, you're you're right. I I can't in good conscience do it, but I would like to. But (laughs) that's a lot of work, man. Right. Our listeners and readers deserve better of me. So I will not let them down like that. Oh, very good. Don't don't let the listeners down like the uh, like Le'Veon Bell has let down the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, I mean, he regrets nothing, though. No, he he shouldn't. He shouldn't. He's 14 million dollars poorer. And um I don't think he's going to get that deal he was expecting. And unfortunately for him, James Conner is doing his job better than he ever has. So uh, I think that's the biggest uh, thing that tanks your value, right? Yes, Your your backup comes in and outperforms you. So now there's speculation. (laughs) Okay, how much of this is is really Le'Veon? Yep. And there's a lot of evidence. uh There's a lot of evidence that dates back over the last several years because Le'Veon's not been in – they line up a lot, right? He's had injuries and different things, suspensions, and there's a lot of data that indicates that Pittsburgh's better when he's not there. And then this is just not going to help him at all. He doesn't play a premium position. They're, we're getting running backs. Obviously, we've been getting the running back discussion some other time, but you're seeing second, third, fourth round running backs throughout the NFL finding production. And Le'Veon Bell wants what, like 20 a season? Like, no, nah, dude, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. Nope. It ain't going to happen. Joe, you know what is going to happen? Mock draft. We're going to run through this mock draft real quick. Yes, sir. All right. So you're, Shall we? you're on the clock. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Detroit you're taking Lions. Odds today. Detroit Lions. If you if you miss picks one through ten, well, you need to push pause. You need to go listen to yesterday's show so that you know who's available and who's not available and get caught up and then come back on to this this minute marker right here and pick back up with the Detroit Lions at pick number 11. And Kyle, this is a team that needs outside pass rush. And so we're going to go with Montez Sweat. The, the defensive end from Mississippi State who, since transferring in from the JUCO ranks, has dominated the SEC, getting a lot of heat on the quarterback. He's making plays against a run. He's long. He's powerful. He's not super athletic, okay? He's athletic enough, but you're not going to be, like, wowed and, and drooling over his his burst and quickness or his 40-yard dash at the combine. Uh, but uh, pay attention to his technique because he knows how to soften those rush angles, work his hands, and, and apply that heat on, on the quarterback very consistently. Has done it at a high level now for for season, almost two seasons here in the SEC. So look at the Lions team, the Ziggy Ansah situation, 
Uh, we, we don't know if he's going to be back, and, and we know that this team needs some help on the edges. They've got their defensive tackles and this nice little interior rotation going on, but they need help outside. Uh, Montez Sweat solves that problem for them here at number 11. Drum roll, please. The Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock with the 12th overall pick. And Joe, this team, this roster is primed for a Super Bowl window. What's a really popular trend with non-Patriot Super Bowl victories in recent years? Not trend? Uh, I don't know, man. What are you looking for here? Quarterbacks on rookie contracts. Oh, yes. You know who's not on a rookie contract? Mr. Blake Bortles. No. So this Jacksonville Jaguars team can really optimize their winning window if they get a quarterback pick right and get that rookie contract at the most important position in sports. I am having them select Drew Lawton. No, I'm just kidding. It's Dwayne Haskins, <laughs> Ohio State. I'm assuming Haskins declares, takes advantage of a strong season of play. And I think Haskins has the ability to become a franchise quarterback. I like his ability when he is given the chance to push the ball down the field. Uh, The Jaguars have a lot of team speed at the receiver position. They can emulate some of the quick game stuff that Ohio State has had Haskins working with. And you can, most importantly, get Blake Bortles out of your starting lineup. And this (laughs) Jacksonville Jaguars team will be back picking in the late 20s but you got to get the quarterback situation figured out. This is the way to do it. This is the ticket. That's uh, there we go. Kyle, you've been, if you listen to the Wednesday show, Kyle's been dropping the bombs, right? A couple earlier on Wednesday and, and the big one here already here, given the, the Jaguars, a quarterback, uh, but man, if Haskin reaches his potential, I'm really excited about what he can do. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here on the clock at number 13, but before we get to their pick. I want to talk about sex. Good sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, guys. I'm talking about BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. And when you use our special promo code Locked On, you just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, blue like the color, B-L-U-E, chew.com and use our promo code locked on to try it free just pay that five dollar shipping blue chew is the better cheaper faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast we'll be right back after this to continue the mock draft all right kyle i get the pleasure of picking for the tampa bay buccaneers which is a very uh what do you say here this is a this is a this is a big one right because the founder, CEO of the Draft Network, is a Tampa Bay Buccaneers enthusiast, no JC Cornell. So no I want to make I got to make the boss man happy with this pick. I know that uh, he's been he's been liking that the Jakai Polite pick, but you've already you, he's not available. He's not available here yeah, in this spot, nasty. and you snatched him up. I don't know. I don't know if I want to go corner here. Uh, so I I I do really like 
Brian Burns, the edge rusher from Florida State, man. We're going to talk a lot about that dude's weight, like if he's 225, 230, 240, something like that. But man, does he have a pass rushing skill set that translates beautifully to the NFL. He is very nuanced with his hand technique, super flexible. He knows how to use his footwork to set up his moves, and he's just so nuanced in how he applies heat on the quarterback. And when you think about this Bucks team and the defense has been an issue for a long time, they have question marks in the secondary. Uh, I don't like any of the safeties that I could give them. I'm, I, I, I think some of the corner options here uh, just wouldn't necessarily be worth the pick when, when I think about getting them a guy up front and Brian Burns that can affect the quarterback. And so uh, I think that a more pass rush on this Bucks team will help it on the back end and you can get some of those players maybe in the second or third round of the draft and so for me i want to i want to get the premium player here at a big time position here and and, and a guy that i just think is going to have a lot of success despite his his lack of uh of mass uh in the nfl as a pass rusher so give me brian burns edge rusher florida state seminoles to the tampa bay bucks at number 13 okay so 14th overall pick i have the green bay packers on the clock for their first of two first round picks as things currently stand. I'm at kind of an awkward impasse here. I would have liked to get an edge guy, but Sweat, Polite, Farrell, Bosa, and now uh, Brian Burns are off the board. And this team has good depth uh, up front with Dean Lowry, Montrevious Adams, Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels. That's a good group of guys. I could go that route if I wanted to. There's some interior defenders left. But if I'm looking at this roster, Joe, I'm looking specifically at inside linebacker. This was a position that the Packers at one point had played Clay Matthews in an effort to mask the issues that they had. Then they had Jake Ryan and Blake Martinez come in, and those guys performed admirably. But, Joe, is is Oren Burks, who was a third-round pick this year, (laughs) Blake Martinez or Jake Ryan, a player that's going to prevent you from taking an elite football player at a certain position that you you, you could afford to upgrade? No, I don't know. And for that reason, I'm going to take Mac Wilson from Alabama. Uh, we said there'd be more Alabama players off the board. Here you go. We didn't have to wait long. Green Bay <laughs> Packers taking Mac Wilson. You know, if you want to have a really exciting athletic linebacker group, put er- Oren Bur- Burks and Mac Wilson next to one another. Burks is a former safety. These guys can run. These guys can cover. And you get cover linebackers that are also guys that can buzz down and lay the sticks on somebody. I really like that combination. That's an exciting combination. And then you've got depth. You've got quality depth with Jake Ryan and Blake Martinez, who aren't quite the same caliber of athletes, but they're proven quality players at the NFL level. So I think that would be a smart move for the Packers to continue to add athleticism on the second level of their front seven. Yeah, you know, I know you wrestled with that one, but I, I really like the direction of that pick. I know the Packers fans really want some edge rush help, uh, and maybe I could get behind some players here, but Mac Wilson I think is going to be – it's just so perfect for today's game. Good pick there for you. Uh, I've got the Baltimore Ravens on the clock here at number 15, and I've also got a situation with this Ravens team where their top two rush guys, Terrell Suggs, Adarius Smith – both free agents. Tim Williams hasn't really grown and, and shown that he's going to be, you know, the kind of guy that's going to push for double digit sacks in the NFL. Suggs, man, he's he's still productive, but he is just aging. And so we need to kind of reestablish the youth at this uh, that this pass rushing spot, this important pass rushing spot for the Baltimore Ravens. And I like Josh Allen, the Kentucky edge rusher uh, to, to them in this spot. 
man, what a what a job he's done growing this year. He he we we could see the athleticism last year, but you just didn't see much nuance and refinement with his technique. And this year, he's really kind of putting everything together and, and vaulted himself, I think, considerably as a prospect. He is winning around the edge. He is he is cooking these these offensive tackles and tight ends are trying to block him with in the SEC. And and I really get excited about that burst and that ability to turn the corner. Uh, at the next level still still some work to do in terms of developing his hand usage to become an even more effective pass rusher but what he's doing gives us a lot of hope that he's going to be an impact player at the next level and really replenishes a position of need for the Ravens keep that defense the identity of the team and make sure your pass rush stays sound by taking Josh Allen here at number 15 yeah so I have the Tennessee Titans with the 16th pick and I wrestled with this one too Joe this team's weird I like a lot of the talent that this team has uh Specifically, their receiving group with Taewon Taylor and Corey Davis. And I like Janu Smith coming out and uh, an aging but still good Delaney Walker is on IR for this season. I like some of the pieces they've added on the back seven. Uh, they have Logan Ryan and Malcolm Butler. Uh, Kevin Byard's developed into a stud. They got Jonathan Ciprion on IR this year. Adore Jackson, a first round pick. So I'm kind of at an impasse with this team. Again, would like to consider pass rush they have Harold Landry as a second round pick from last year Derek Morgan and Brian Arakpo are not long-term solutions they have an off-ball linebacker in Rashawn Evans so I'm looking at the defensive front for this team it's not really a lot of attractive offensive options at this point they got their starting three is Daquan Jones Austin Johnson and Jarrell Casey Jarrell Casey's a quality quality football player very underrated football player but he's also getting a little older so some quality depth behind that. Maybe somebody to push Daquan Jones for a starting end spot. I'm looking specifically at a breakout star from 2018, Jerry Tillery from Notre Dame. This guy's turned the corner, or so it seems. Had a hard time reaching his ceiling as a player, but this year he's in the best shape of his playing career at Notre Dame. He's extremely productive. He's making a ton of plays at the mesh point, a ton of sacks. He's showing some more quickness. Tillery in an, in an odd man front is a really nice fit, a fit that I would like a lot. And for that reason, specifically, it's a scheme fit for me. I like Tillery. I like his length. I think in a two-gap system, in an in a odd man front, Tillery is a really attractive option. Yeah, it's uh, that's an interesting spot there for him. I was kind of hoping maybe with my pick here, Seattle Seahawks at number 17, that I could target Tillery. And Man, whenever you've got to mock a player for the Seahawks, you kind of just put your hands in the air and say, man, I don't know what that team's ever thinking. And so uh, slotting players is, is usually a challenge, although we know they like athletes that uh, kind of check those those length and size boxes. Um, when I look at this first round, Kyle, I think we've got to find the spot for Jeffrey Simmons. And I'm going to give them Jeffrey Simmons right here, the Seattle Seahawks defensive tackle from Mississippi State. Got the got Had that altercation a few years ago with the domestic issue that's going to be talked about a lot in the coming months, but we've, we've seen Seattle be willing to take chances on players with some red flags like that. And I I don't think that there's going to be anything that's going to prevent them uh, from taking Jeffrey Simmons. If they could, he's a very exciting penetration style, three technique, really, really a polished pass rusher, a guy that can give you that interior uh, penetration that that the NFL really yearns for right now. And and so I think that that skill set in this spot is going to be a little bit much uh, for, for Seattle to not, uh, to overlook and not snatch up right here. I thought about a receiver, uh, but I just feel like maybe the value for a receiver is going to be on day two, and I don't know that you can get uh, a, a three-tech uh, in the mold of Simmons 
uh, past this point. So I think this just makes sense. And, uh, you know, Seattle's going to really value that that defensive line, and this kind of continues to build it. Yeah, so with the 18th pick, I currently have the Philadelphia Eagles sitting at 4-4, four and four, defending Super Bowl champions, not according to this mock draft. Not anymore. <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles were a tough team. Could have looked at a linebacker, could have looked at a defensive back, could have looked at a running back. Didn't really like the value there for any of those positions. So I look at the offense. They just brought in Golden Tate. Maybe they bring Golden Tate back. They still got Nelson Aguilar. They still got Alshon Jeffrey. They still got those super tight ends. Offensive line is is kind of a, a big issue right now. Specifically, left tackle Jason Peters, who's in the twilight of his career. And I look at Jason Peters as a player. He stands out because he's big. He's massive, but he moves well for his size. He's really nimble. And then I look at Yanni Kajust, left tackle, West Virginia. And he's also a really big guy that's surprisingly nimble and moves pretty well, and he gets out on the boundary and into the second level well as a blocker. And then I also think about how Philadelphia kind of has a tendency to go after some West Virginia prospects. Yeah. Uh, Wendell Smallwood, Sheldon Gibson in recent years, uh, Rasul Douglas. There's a little bit of a pipeline here. And I think this makes sense with that pipeline, with that positional need, with the traits that Rodney Kajus brings. And for that reason, I'm having the Eagles selecting Kajus as Jason Peters' heir at left tackle. Yeah, like that a lot, Kyle. Uh, love that he can do so many different things, and that's what they really put a lot of stress on their offensive linemen to do that. And so a good pick there, in my opinion. Uh, Kyle, I've got the Atlanta Falcons, a, a roster that I think is one of the best in the NFL. This is just going to be a lost season for them because of so many injuries. Their IR right now consists of Keanu Neal, Deion Jones, Andy Levitre, Ricardo Allen, Devonta Freeman, and Brandon Fusco. That is, what, six starters? It's not great. <laughs> I mean, geez, man, that's not even counting the guys that are like bumps and bruises that are just not going to play in a given week. Like they're man, it, that that is just tough. And so that's just too hard. That's too much for any team to overcome. Uh, so they're picking a little higher in the draft. Like when we were doing mock drafts a couple weeks ago, they were in the top 10, which was just totally weird. Uh, so I think this is an opportunity for the Falcons to get an X factor type player. And, and that X-Factor type player for me in this spot is Noah Fant, the tight end from Iowa, uh, a guy that when you put him in this mix with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Mohamed Sanu, uh, you, you put him as, as a slot tight end and move him around, and you can have some fun. And uh, you really get excited about what this uh, that this offense can be under the direction of Matt Ryan. Um Right now, he's got this tandem of Logan Paulson and Austin Hooper, and Hooper's flashed a little bit, but he's a different type of player anyways than Fanton. So I think that combination gives you the opportunity to do some some multiple tight end, uh, two tight end sets. And so love how this can really take their offense to the next level and, and build what I think, when it's healthy, one of the better rosters in the league. So Noah Fant uh, right here was too too exciting for me to pass up for the Falcons. Yeah, I like that a lot. Joe, this is my last pick of today's show. Number 20, the Miami Dolphins. And uh, this board felt like crap. Man, I would have loved a pass rusher that's actually good. Looking at you, Charles Harris. Would have (laughs) loved a quarterback. None of these things are available. I don't think they're in the market for, say, a Devin White because they invested the same front office invested a second round pick bless them in Raekwon McMillan 
in 2017. Jerome Baker's been a very, very strong play for them. Kiko Lonzo's having one of the best seasons of his career. So linebacker's out, even though Devin White kind of stands out to me. So I'm looking offensively, and quarterback's not there, and they just drafted Mike Gusecki in the second round and Durham Smythe in the fourth, so I don't think that they're going to be in play in that position. And, uh, well, geez, I'll be darned if the guard positions haven't ruined this offensive line yet again. The interior offensive line of the Miami Dolphins is the single biggest component of them failing to run a consistent offense. Josh Sitton, they brought in as a veteran player to plug him at left tackle. They traded for Daniel Kilgore to play center. They're both on IR. Yeah. Sitton played like a game and a half. Like, it's just they they are so snake-bitten on the inside. So they got Tunsil, they got Juwan James in a, a uh, contract year. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if he comes back. He's been solid but unspectacular. So on the inside, I'm going, Joe, with one of your guys, Chris Lindstrom, interior offensive lineman from Boston College. I hate to use another first-round pick on an offensive lineman because this team took Mike Pouncey in the first round, and then it was James in the first round, and then it's Larry Tunsil in the first round, and now you got Chris John or Chris Lindstrom. Pouncey's no longer on the team. He's playing in L.A. with the Chargers. This team needs to get this right. This team will never take the next step until they fix the offensive line Lindstrom can go a long way in doing that. He's one of the linchpins of one of the best rushing offenses in college football. Got a kind of a proposition for you here, and I'm interested how you would respond to this. Okay. Uh, knowing what you know today, right now, at this yes. minute, and let's yes. say that the Miami Dolphins do pick number 20 and they finish eight and eight or nine and seven or something like that. And um, let's say the Jaguars don't pick Dwayne Haskins. Would you just, yeah, what you know right now, would you want Haskins them to- Haskins at 20? Yeah. Would you do it? Yes. Yes. Okay. I would too. I would, I would too. I would um, do anything I can to get that traction going away from counting on Ryan Tannehill any longer to play quarterback. One, one other thing here. One other thing here. Now, everybody sees this rising draft class very differently. Um, if you follow the work of the Draft Network, we see it one way. If you look at some of the, some of the other uh, big media outlets that cover the NFL draft, you're going to hear other quarterbacks that are mentioned uh, in the first round conversation. Ryan Finley, North Carolina State, Drew Locke, Missouri, Daniel Jones, Duke, Will Greer, West Virginia. What uh, you, you said you'd take Haskins. Any of those guys? Any somebody I didn't say? I mean, just is if, how how close are we to even thinking about a different quarterback at 20? If the Dolphins invested a first round pick at quarterback that was not Justin Herbert or Dwayne Haskins, you could shoot me directly into the sun on the next available rocket off the planet. All right. Not interested. All right. There's the hot takes for you. Uh, That's exciting. All right. Um, Chris Lindstrom. Good pick. He's going to be a good player. All right. We're going to wrap up today's show. Number 21. I've got the Minnesota Vikings and uh, Minnesota in a lot of ways Similar to what you were saying about their offense. No, I think Minnesota's got a much better offense than Miami, but it's limited by this interior offensive line and this overall offensive line that's been a tr- really a problem for several years, uh, and they just need more pieces. And, and for me, I'm really kind of surprised that David Edwards from from Wisconsin has fallen this far, um, and I, I, it's got to stop. He's got to be the pick here for the Vikings. To me, he's a right tackle, and this probably allows you to – move some different guys around uh if you need to move yeah look 
different players to guard inside. You're just trying to get the best five out there. But I just think when when you need to improve the offensive line and you have a chance to get a guy like David Edwards, who I think has an even higher ceiling than what we've seen so far at Wisconsin. He's a converted tight end. Really like his technique, power, mobility, length, all the stuff, man. He checks the boxes. He's going to be a really quality starter. And so get him on, get him in the mix. Figure out who your best five is and get this offensive line right because I think it's important for them to become a consistent rushing team uh, and they've shown some flashes of that but it's just not going to be consistent Kirk Cousins has been under duress all season and so I think uh, it's just going to make this entire off this entire offense better by getting some better pieces on this offensive line so David Edwards, easy choice for me here to the Minnesota Vikings like that pick a lot Joe yeah I'm fun doing a mock oh, yeah. draft here on yeah. the show yeah, this is yeah. fun you guys need to come back tomorrow. You also need to go to the Locked On NFL Draft tomorrow. Uh, we talk college football playoff landscape, and we got some takes with John and Trevor. So make sure you subscribe to that show. Subscribe to this show. If you're one of the last 11 remaining picks, come back on Friday. If we picked your team already, come back tomorrow anyway. Damn it. We love having you listen to this show. Joe, what if I told you this week has been our most listened week in the history of the podcast? I'd say wait till next week. Yeah. Thank you. Let's let's keep the momentum going, folks. Yeah, man. Buckle in. We got good takes coming. We got good show concepts coming up. Hey, if you got takes for next Tuesday's Takes on Takes, you can tweet us with the hashtag Takes on Takes and your hot take to get on the show. I'm at Grinding the Tape. Joe is at the Joe Marino. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow to finish out this November mock draft. Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.